It's time for Between the Pipes with Andrew Raycroft. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of my way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow on WEEI. All right, let's get a little pucky here with Gretchen Fourier with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Is our buddy Andrew Raycroft brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow, and by Frank's Red Hot. Visit franksredhot.com for great hockey and football watching recipes. Let's frank it up to the Harbor One hotline. Here's our buddy Andrew Raycroft. Razor, good morning. How are you, friend? Good morning, gentlemen. I am perfect. Wonderful. Well, so are the Bruins, it seems. They go to Montreal. That first line grinds, gets that third goal. They win four to two. You know, I admit, uh, Razor, I didn't know the full background of Jim Montgomery like before Dallas. I didn't realize that that was kind of a homecoming for him. You're also Canadian, but you played in Boston. What's the state of kind of the Bruins... Canadians rivalry right now well it's it's certainly not at the peak of the 70s or the mid 2000s or the early 2000s like it's it Montreal's not that good so so you need both teams to be good to be at the peak but it still means very much to everybody who has watched those games and knows the history and has watched Hockey Night in Canada and knows all the Hall of Famers between the two organizations, it still means a lot. And even on a Tuesday night in Montreal, that game has more juice than than most others in in both cities. So you're not surprised that Montreal played them as as tough as they did up until the third period? Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a game, you know, everyone's watching. Uh, Montreal played Toronto on Saturday night. That's the same thing. So the Toronto game, the Boston game, those are the two biggest games for the Montreal Canadiens when they go into their building. So there's no question that pride was talked about, tradition was talked about, and, and show up and work hard was talked about. Is it, is it me or is it, does, does everybody – kind of um think that uh Bergeron is from Montreal like every time that game comes up it's like this homecoming and where is he even from no he's from Quebec City so he hated hated the Montreal he would have hated the Montreal Canadiens when he grew up just as much as any Boston Bruins fan hates okay Montreal so how far away is Quebec City from Montreal just it's about a three hour three and a half hour drive so it's it's not close it's not far it's a completely different City, it's a different culture. Quebec City is pure French. Montreal is more global. There's lots of different languages. Quebec City, smaller, old city, uh, very, very different places. And the people are—it's a different culture. It's like New York and Boston people. It's—it's it's completely different. So I do get the sense that Patrice is like he goes with it, and he doesn't really want to explain it. But I also think he, he's like kind of aggravated at times that he has to like go along with the fact that that it's it's a Montreal he's like no I I didn't like the Canadians when so, I grew up. So so being from Canada being a Canadian um how many Tim Hortons would you pass if you had to drive from Montreal Montreal to Quebec City? Are we talking like how do you measure that? Well, I mean there's one in every town of at least 500 people so <laughs> you're so probably I I don't know I 3 300 kilometers away 
probably 30. Okay. One every 10 kilometers. That's what I would. If somebody said how long would it take, I said, "Oh, it's at least uh, ten Timmies." So, yeah, but now I got to do the kilometers <laughs> to miles translation. Yeah, now, I now I'm, I just oh, hate it. I, how many no, were I in the? For- uh, how many were in the bur- burgeoning metropolis of Belleville, Canada? Is really. Oh, let me count. Let me count. One, two, three, four, six, six or seven, three, three drive-throughs. <laughs> Three drive-throughs. That's great. Yeah, you don't have to get out of your chat. Yeah. Those are the ones that are busy oh, when it gets really yeah. cold up uh-huh. there. Oh yeah, you'll sit in line at a drive-through for for forty-five minutes, like pre like COVID times, to get a coffee and a donut and <laughs> more. All right, let's get uh, back to hockey because the Bruins are going to uh, feel the lightning tonight down in Tampa Bay. Uh, just from the betting line, Razor, relatively even. How do you see tonight's matchup? Ah, it's going to be a good one. Tampa Bay's the second best team in the NHL, of course, behind the Boston Bruins at home. They're going to be. This is a measuring stick game for them. Both teams kind of go like playing the Montreal's is great, but they're not a great team. Um, so both of these teams get excited to play each other because there's not a lot of competition for either one. So. This weekend's going to be awesome. The Bruins play in Tampa tonight, Florida, Carolina, and then Toronto. It's a great way to go into the break for ultra-competitive games for the Bruins. So it's going to be a lot of fun tonight, and I think the Bruins, will they're going to need their best to win. They're not going to be able to kind of cruise through the first half of the game and see what happens. They're going to need to go right away. Hey, let me follow up with what version of Tampa Razor are we going to see because I know they're always circumventing the salary cap because some guy's got a season-long injury, and then miraculously he's been skating for three weeks and ready to go in the playoffs. So what version of Tampa will we see tonight? Is this the regular season version or the actual potential playoff version of the Lightning? Well, so roster-wise, all the big boys are in the lineup. All right. Tampa, so so we're going to see everybody. We'll see Stamkos and Vasilevsky and and Kucherov. We're going to see everybody, but... There still is a sense with the playoff success that Tampa's had that they do put it in cruise control through the regular season. They have a different gear come April, but again, I think we see closer to that gear tonight than what we would if it was Tampa Bay versus Columbus. Do, do you do do you do the whole power rankings thing? Do you believe in that when it comes to oh, really any sport? Let's see, if you take just like the NHL, it's obvious that the Bruins are number one. And if you look at some of the other teams, just off the top of my head, like, you know, the Lightning would be one, maybe uh, the probably the Devils. Like, is there a – how big is the gap between number one and then from, like, two to three? You know, with, is it a massive gap? Because I'm just looking at the, the record of the of the Lightning. It's not that different than the Bruins. No, it isn't. Uh, so, so the Bruins, in, in pro sports terms, it's, a per, it's as big of a gap as the NHL seen in a long time, the difference. But – I would say the next – I would put Carolina, Tampa, Toronto, who are three of the four games they're going to play in the, in the next week. Those are the three next best teams. And power ranking-wise, those aren't being separated by anything, to be honest. You could put any one of those teams, number two, three, and four, and, and I would be okay with that. So, so certainly Tampa's in that mix where they're dangerous. They can win every single night they go on the ice. 
Andrew Raycroft of Neston, and of course right here at WEEI, breaking down pucks with Gresh and Fourier. I know the folks at ESPN did some, yeah, they've been talking about all the amazing numbers connected to the Bruins, and then they hit a couple different questions, and one I want to throw by you, who has been the Bruins MVP to this point? (sighs) Linus Allmark. I think the numbers are just so crazy. 25-2-1 is it's it's bananas, and obviously David Pasternak's right behind him. Hampus Lindholm's right behind them, and those, so those three guys, and and you could put David two or you could put David three, but but I'm gonna take Linus Olmark just because his numbers goaltending wise as well, his save percentage, his expected goals against, really deep dive analytics are there's a huge canyon between him and number two so it's been absolutely dominant so you know we've been talking about you know this Bruins team being the fastest team to 80 wins in NHL history and I feel like they're on pace for like 140 100 some some crazy number which would also be the fastest first or the most points in NHL history do you think that's something that they should shoot for do you think those those type of numbers those type of first-ever NHL history-type statements is something that they should shoot for? Not necessarily, no. I think they should try and win every game. I mean, that's pro sports. You're supposed to try and win every single game. I think these games – I think but what we're going to – I guess the question is, are they going to play their full roster the last two weeks of the season and play Patrice Bergeron 24 minutes a night to try and get an extra two points to try and beat – an NHL record? No. I, I No, I don't think they should do that. No, I don't think they'll do that. But if they can win the game, yeah, we'll try and win the game. But no, I don't. Come February, come, or sorry, come late March, after the deadline, into April, you're going to rest as best as you can to be ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs game one. And, and if that means you take an L here or there and don't quite get to the all-time record, I think what they've done up until this point, is historic no matter what. This is going to be a team that everybody in Boston talks about for the next 50 years. You're going to reference this Bruins team and this start as the best maybe ever. And I think that's okay with them. You don't necessarily need the stats at the end of the season because you can say, listen, they were – they were they pulled up a little bit at the finish line to, to be able to save the juice for the playoffs. Yeah, so what would you consider to be – um, I guess the the you know if you ask me the best team ever in, in the NFL, people point to the you know the Dolphins undefeated season. The, maybe maybe they even point to the Patriots that one loss, um, undefeated regular season team. Like who would you say universally is known as the best ever NHL hockey team? I think I think universe. If you went like of all ages, all across all yeah, generations, sure. you're going to the Montreal Canadiens of the '70s, and then probably the Edmonton Oilers mm-hmm. in the '80s. And then the Detroit Red Wings in the early 2000s. That that's my list. I probably put the Red Wings because I actually played against those teams and I actually saw those teams. Those are a little higher up, but but that's that that lore of uh, the Canadians in the 70s. Well, as a Canadian guy, again back to that Tim Hortons sitting around having a coffee. Everyone talked about the 70 Canadians when when I was growing up, the dynasty and all the Hall of Famers, and then of course. Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Paul Coffey, all those Hall of Famers, that was the other one. So uh, I, those three teams are, are right there at the top because 
they did it for a few years as well. And the Penguins came up short in the 90s because Mario couldn't hold it together, but another story for another time. That was my <laughs> childhood in watching Mario Lemieux. Razor, I know we talked about Tampa. You mentioned the home record. We kind of clowned around about the way they treat the postseason and how they've managed their roster. But as you see it shaping up right now, before we get into trades and anything like that, who's the Bruins' biggest challenger in the East? I think it's Carolina. I think Toronto will produce some issues with their ability to score goals. But Tampa Bay and Toronto are basically locked in to play each other in the first round. So one of those teams you're not going to see. Guaranteed. There's no chance of seeing one of those teams. And But I think what we saw in the playoffs last year, Carolina is built for a big, heavy, strong game. Uh, but certainly the Bruins were able to take them to seven games last year without a Hampus Lindholm, and I would. there's nobody that's going to tell me that this team isn't better than last year's team. So in those respects, you still have to feel good about it, but as of today, I'm, I'm taking Carolina and then probably the Maple Leafs. I Razor, who gets the tickle trunk treatment this week? Brandon Carlo is going into the tickle trunk, fellas. I I think he's been a little under the radar as far as how well he's played, certainly in the last two months. He played over 20 minutes against Montreal the other night. Any of these lockdown games, he's 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 automatic over 20 minutes. I love his game right now. I think he's doing a great job closing out and and defending really well. So I'm putting Carlo in the in the tickle trunk. Still no negativity coming this way. There's nothing to, nothing to nitpick yet still for me. Oh, right. but next Thursday, not only are we going to put the oh. sort of front uh, or uh, first half of the season a little more than that to bed, we get Razor's thoughts on the All-Star game. And the reason I didn't want to ask him this week is because Raycroft hot fire. I feel it hot coming fire. up talking about the all-star game. All right, good. Oh, I, Looking forward to I it. Can't wait to rip it. I can't wait to rip it. <laughs> well, you gotta so wait a, you gotta wait a week, friend. Hey, we appreciate the uh the knowledge. Thank you, brother, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank right, you. See you. There goes uh Andrew Raycroft with us on the Harbor One hotline and uh Amber thirty seven in the Twitch chat is so happy. Before Razor even came on, you gotta ask him about Brandon Carlo. Sure enough, the tickle trunk took care of it. So there we go. That the Brandon, I guess the uh, the lead member of the Brandon Carlo fan club. His mom, was, probably. Uh, well, I, it's uh, Amber thirty seven, and I'm gonna guess he's the one who texts in as well out of the six oh three to be like, come on, you got to ask about Carlo. I need to hear uh, the good stuff.